Yeah, we're excited about week 10 of high school football in Stark County with uh, great matchups on Friday night. And, of course, McKinley hosting Maslin on Saturday. But also on Saturday, huge game for the Ohio State Buckeyes in Columbus. Maybe the game of the year to this point as the Buckeyes hosting the Nittany Lions of Penn State. And joining us right now to preview that matchup is the outstanding Buckeyes beat reporter at Bucknuts.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Steve Hellwagon. He is Steve Hellwagon. How are you today, Steve? I'm doing good. I assume are they are they not moving the Maslin McKinley game from 2 p.m. or is that uh, <laughs> the standard start for that? Well, that is the standard start time, so uh, uh, Ohio State should move the game from 12 o'clock to 7 o'clock so we can do the McKinley-Maslin game and then watch the uh, Ohio State-Penn State game. What's wrong with them down there? Don't they realize priority? Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> that tradition is uh, really something. I know that. So I've never been to one of those games. I need one of these years to try and get to one of those games. If OSU has an off, year, maybe, or off week, maybe I'll try and get up there. Yeah, it's worth it, Steve. It really is. This is the 134th meeting between these two legendary high schools. Yeah, and I think all-time high school wins now. Maslin is either second or third, and McKinley is 10th in the country. So these are two of the top 10 high schools, you know, as far as victories go. And uh, it's a lot of fun. We're we're happy to be a part of it. But uh, you are, too, as, uh, you know, when you cover the Buckeyes, happy to be a part of a game like this with Penn State coming to town. And real quick, Steve, um, a lot of us thought, oh, boy, at Purdue, could this be a trap game? I was impressed that they were focused, minus some key players, and took care of business with Purdue and didn't look ahead to Penn State. Were you impressed as well? Yeah, I think coming off Maryland where they had a lot of mistakes, both mental mistakes and physical mistakes that were made in the game against Maryland just weren't sharp coming out of the open week. I thought uh, they came out really fast against Purdue. Um, Purdue, on its first possession, uh, held it and ran eight plays, and then Ohio State um, turned them away when they got down there in the red zone. And then the Buckeyes' defense went three and out three straight times, and Ohio State just kind of demoralized Purdue at that point, got ahead 20 to nothing with uh, three three touchdowns, and there was even a fumble at the one-yard line mixed in there, too, by Devin Brown. But uh, Buckeyes got ahead 20 nothing at the half and then 34 to nothing before Purdue finally scored. So it was as close to a complete performance probably as we've seen out of Ohio State so far this year. And yet, you know, you're going to have to play even better probably this week uh, to beat Penn State. Uh, they're coming in riding pretty high as well both teams 6-0 and overall 3-0 and in the Big Ten and uh, really this is critical I mean if you want to win the Big Ten East and go on to the to the championship game and ultimately on to the playoff this is a game you got to win so we'll see how it goes on Saturday. Steve what's been the key to the Buckeyes I believe it's six wins in a row over Penn State is it coaching is James James Franklin the wild card in this as long as he's coaching uh, the Buckeyes will have the advantage or is it something else? Well, you know, I don't want to say that that Franklin can't beat Ohio State. I think that's a little bit of a misnomer. I mean, these games have been decided by less than a touchdown uh, a lot of the time uh, that that these two teams have played. Last year, it was 44-31 to Ohio State uh, with that JT Tui Malowal showing last year on defense. Just the incredible game that he had was six tackles, two interceptions, one for a touchdown, tipped a pass that that uh, Zach Harrison intercepted as well, uh, forced a fumble, I think, in there, too. So it was a crazy, crazy game for him. 
I don't know that you can expect him to do the same thing again this time around, but uh, I think you're looking at, uh, again, two of the top five, ten teams in America going head-to-head, and the winner's going to have a leg up in that battle, obviously, in the Big Ten and, and to get the playoff spot. I mean, you can get there even with a loss if you win the rest of your games and get the tiebreaker or whatever. But, uh, yeah, you, know, you don't want to leave anything to chance. Just win your games, and you'll be just fine come uh, early December. Steve, every week I take a look at the Cleveland Browns, and I look at the Buckeyes, and I see so many glaring similarities. Great defense, so to speak. Offense that kind of doesn't know what to do with their young quarterback. But then again, this past weekend, we saw Kevin Stefanski kind of make things a little bit easier for a young quarterback that hadn't been in camp for more than a month. I saw the same thing with Ryan Day last week. Screen passes, play action, a little wildcat. Or do we even call it wildcat? Do we call it a Tim Tebow offense when you bring in Devin Brown? Yeah, Tim Tebow, that's that's a good analogy. That's 15 years ago, back yep. to 2006, with uh, he and Chris Leak against the Buckeyes there in the championship game. Uh, you know, I look at it. You know, here's McCord. You know, he's the older guy. He's been there. He's done that. He's the older brother. And then you've got uh, Devin Brown. You know, he's the young guy. You know, it's all mm-hmm. the energy. You know, he wants the keys of the car. Can, can I go? Can I go? You know, comes mm-hmm. in there with all that spunk and all that energy. And uh, on the goal line, uh, created a situation that uh, Purdue found it hard to keep him out of the end zone. And uh, got two touchdowns out of it. Brown was ready to score another one. And I uh, had the ball knocked away from him there just outside the goal line, and Purdue recovered it. But, uh, you know, it's great to learn that lesson in a resounding victory. And I think that package is here to stay. I mean, provided he takes care of the football. They're not going to put him out there if he's going to fumble it. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe when they get down there this week against Penn State, maybe that's something that they're going to do. But Penn State brings a, a little bit different animal here defensively. They've built some really hefty uh, defensive numbers uh, playing against some really, really awful defenses here in the first six games of the year. That the, They're number one in yards allowed, number two or three in points allowed. But they haven't played an offense ranked higher than 78 in the country. So all six of the teams that they played, well, five in the FBS ranks in Delaware from the FCS, all in the lower half, the further five, the lower half of FBS, whereas Ohio State, Similar numbers on defense, but at least played three top 60 or top 70 uh, offenses with uh, Western Kentucky um, as well as Maryland mm-hmm. and Notre Dame. So I think Ohio State's defense has at least been tested a little bit more than the Penn State defense. I have to believe in that as well. And experience has to speak volumes this Saturday for the Buckeyes. Uh, I like also the fact that Devin Brown, when he did fumble into the end zone, they didn't put him on the bench. They let him come right back out, uh, exercise those demons, so to speak, right now during the Halloween season, and we love that. I uh, also want to know about the running backs. Are, are these guys healthy? I mean, are we going to see more of Dallin Hayden? What gives with the running game? Yeah, it's like a drama, like General Hospital, that mm. running backs room. And as it was all last season, uh, it's, right. it's uh, that way again. You know, Travion Henderson, I think he could have played at Purdue. I think it was a precaution given they were playing on grass, kind of a crappy day, and it ended up raining. Uh, no reason to risk an injury with him. They figured they could probably beat them without him, but then you lose Chip Trayonum to a parent concussion. I can't imagine he's going to play this week seven days after that. Mine Williams, who knows what's up with him. Uh, Dallin Hayden came in, did an outstanding job 
they put uh, Xavier Johnson back there, and he, he had, I think, five carries for 38 yards, something like that. So, you know, what I liked is when they got it going, they were picking up yards in 10- and 12-yard chunks last week against Purdue. And, uh, you know, it may not be quite like that this week against Penn State, but you're going to have to sustain drives. I think the team that establishes the run is the one that's yep. going to come away with the win here. And, and it doesn't need to be 200 yards, but it's got to be more than 100, I think. If you can get over 100 yards rushing, you've got a good chance right. to win this game. Steve, I'm with you. Steve Hellwagon, our guest from Bucknuts.com. I'm with you. The run game, rushing yards, line of scrimmage, and turnovers. I think those are the two keys to this game. Which team can run it better? Which team values the football more? Because uh, Ohio State has the edge in the passing game, in my opinion, at least from a wide receiver standpoint. We still are wondering about both quarterbacks, right? First-year starters in uh, Drew Aller for Penn State from Medina High School here in Ohio. And, of course, Kyle McCord. But McCord's got better guys to throw to uh, as far as the receivers go. Kate Stover may be a key in this game as well, Steve, because he's having a huge year because so much attention is being paid to Harrison and Abuka, uh, as well as Lake and Fleming with, with those guys out there that you forget about the tight end. How big of a factor do you think he could be in the passing game to give the, the Buckeyes the edge? No, I think it could be huge, particularly if Abuka can't uh, answer the bell this week, then it could be Kate Stover as, as maybe the number two uh, target. And uh, he had a big game last week with two touchdowns. He is really coming up big. So uh, I want to see, uh, you know, again, how they get into this week. Uh, you got to take whatever Penn State gives you. And, uh, you know, they're going to try and eliminate Marvin Harrison Jr. I think yep. you got to see more of Carnell Tate and Brandon Innes. Those two young freshmen, uh, they're big-time playmakers. We saw that. Tate had a 58-yard catch, and Innes had a, a real long touchdown as well uh, from Devin Brown. So uh, it's time for the youth to be served. If Buka uh, can't go, you got to get them young guys in the game who can make some plays and stretch the defense side to side and certainly vertically. Uh, that would just open up so much more for this offense. Was Kate Stover a focal point in the offseason in training camp and to begin the season? Did they see him uh, as a major weapon that they needed to get the football to more? You know, that is a really good question, and I think sometimes it's what you take what the defense gives you, and I think that's kind of you kind of pick-your-poison type thing that, you know, at Buca and uh, Harrison command so much, and you have to honor the running game too, particularly when Henderson's in the game. You have to, you know, respect the fact that he's a home run hitter. So I think you're on to something there that, that they saw with Stover with a young quarterback that this is a guy – that can help bail that young quarterback out. And if, yeah. uh, you know, read number one isn't there, you go to old reliable number eight, they're down the middle, down the seam, and, and he'll find a way to, to find a pocket there, you know, in the second level and, uh, and get, a, get an opening there to where he can catch the ball and, and turn up field and get a few yards. I mean, it was fun watching him, uh, you know, turn up field and rumble over guys and around guys last week. And uh, that's that last Last Saturday, in that second half, when it started raining, and it was buckle up your chin strap and here we go, that was Big Ten rock'em, sock'em last week. And, uh, I mean, that hit that knocked Chip Trayonum out of the game. Two guys, you know, colliding with him on that tackle. He caught a short uh, little, like, flare pass out of the backfield and uh, got lit up there in the right flat, and uh, that was a heck of a hit. And you just hope that 
everybody can get up and walk away from something like that. And uh, Trayonum did. He took a few steps, but then, you know, he was woozy and fell down. It was obvious to everybody that uh, his bell had been rung and he needed to, you know, take the rest of the day off. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how soon he can get back into action. Steve, two weeks ago, I was hosting the uh, pregame party at the Varsity Club on Lane Avenue. At halftime, mm-hmm. it was such a miserable day. It got to be into the 50s, a lot of rain, drove back to Canton, which is only about a two-hour drive, not one drop of rain. So my point is this. <laughs> the weather can be totally different from here to there. What do we expect weather-wise in the shoe on Saturday come noon? Yeah, I think the high temperature is going to be in the mid-50s, and there is about a 50% chance of rain. So I take that to mean it's going to be off and on, just like that Maryland game, kind of off and on at times. And it did rain hard a couple times. But uh, I think you got to prepare for all that. And uh, what that means, you know, I don't know that Penn State is better suited for that. Penn State is not really a big down-the-field type uh, passing attack. They only have one play over 40 yards all season. And coincidentally, it was on the very third, very first series, third play of the year against West Virginia. Uh, Aller just roared back and threw it deep. And Keandre Lambert-Smith, his outstanding wide receiver, uh, snagged it away from a West Virginia defender who had really good coverage and then turned and ran it for like a 60-yard touchdown. So uh, they have not been a down-the-field tight team. They've been station to station knock you off mm-hmm. the ball, pick you up, and do it again, you know, and that's that's with their two great running backs. And I mean, when I say great, I'm not being hyperbole on okay. this. Catron Allen and Nicholas Singleton, outstanding. Well, that's good then. So then Jim Knowles should look at this game and maybe, I don't know, rearrange the defense just a little bit, so to speak. Have you seen him go more than six or seven guys in the box ever? Could you see Jim Knowles maybe stack the box against the Nittany Lions, who obviously are going to want to try to run the ball then on Saturday? Yeah, I think you make a good point. We've seen some three linebacker uh, alignments when they put Cody Simon on the field in place of maybe the third safety or the third corner. Cody Simon, the linebacker, is starting to get more run. He played more plays than uh, Steel Chambers, who's been a a two-year starter now. Uh, played more plays than him this past week, and I think he's more of a run specialist. So uh, Cody Simon is, is cycling up, and uh, so we'll see if, uh, you know, we see more of him against uh, what figures to be. I mean, Aller's very capable. He's got receivers. I mean, they they take, again, they take what, what the defense gives them, and, uh, you know, the, the offense has not necessarily been the calling card of this team, but uh, at the same time, you have to respect Dollar. I think he's been yeah. very efficient, mm-hmm. has not thrown an interception this year, which uh be a good wow. time for number one sometime there early on Saturday afternoon would be a good time for number one. I just thought of something. If you're taking reps away from Steel Chambers on defense, is there any chance you put him back in the backfield if we lose any more running backs? <laughs> That's a good one, yeah. he's He's got that in his uh, history that uh, he could do that. I think Xavier Johnson, to me, is a guy, again, again, it was against Purdue. And same with Hayden. People are clamoring for Hayden. And uh, as one person on our message board remarked, it's amazing how good the offensive line blocking looks when you've got a guy who hits the hole hard and runs decisively and runs downhill and hits the holes, you know, all those great things, buzzwords we like to use about great backs. You know, Hayden looked like he's a really good player, but Hayden's two 100-yard teams last year were Indiana and Maryland. He never really did it against the top 10 team. Didn't get the opportunity, though, really. So 
he's a bit of an unknown, I think, going into this game. And if he gets 15 carries, does he come back with 80 yards or 100 yards? Does does he have that kind of big star type turn in this game, and uh, you know, make it his job? I mean, why not? Nobody else seems to seems to be able to handle it. So uh, why not? Uh, why not give the young kid a shot? I mean, you know, what what what's the worst thing that could happen? Choo choo! I'm on that train, baby. I'm I'm the engineer of that train. I want to see more <laughs> of Dallin Hayden because I I yeah. agree with you. He gets to the line of scrimmage faster, quicker. He finds yep. uh, you know whatever hole is there, and they're not really big in the run game, and he can get through that hole a hell of a lot quicker than uh, Tranium, uh, than, than uh, Williams, than Henderson, whoever it is. So why not play him in the hell with that red shirt thing? you got to win this year. Don't you owe it to the team to put your best players out there, Steve? Yep, yep, I agree with you. I think if it comes down to it, he's going to play. I don't think there's any doubt about it. So, yeah, I think, think that's what's going to happen. I don't see why you bother with a red shirt when you can just go find another running back in the transfer portal. Great point. Great point, JT. Yeah, yeah you yeah, use I him mean, now. They're and worried about go, what's going to happen yep. in 2026, you know, three <laughs> years from now, mm-hmm. if he could play as a fifth-year senior. And it's like, you know, don't lose the national championship in 2023 worrying about, you know, who's going to play running back in 2026. You know, the coaches may not still be there in 2026. You don't win in 2023, you may not have a job in 2026. Mm. So, Amen. I today, I agree. I mean, the only Amen. reason I could think that they might want to redshirt him is if they thought he wasn't ready yet. Well, we saw him last year. We've seen a short sample size of him this year. He obviously is more elusive than anyone that's healthy, which is no one in that backfield. you got to yeah. play him. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree. I, you know, I think he's the best they got. You got to give him a shot. So, yeah, hey, Steve, I, I don't I have to go back. I want to go back to the Aller uh, recruitment, right? Uh, Medina High School, and I heard about it here firsthand because he was playing where my son went to high school, so I've got friends that are on the coaching staff and work the games and everything. And Penn State came after him early. Um, uh, you know, he, he liked Ohio State, wanted, uh, you know, from what I was told, wanted to be an Ohio State Buckeye, but they never really went after him hard because of Quinn Ewers. Is that the correct, uh, you know, story? Well, you know, it, it is, uh, yours was in the same class originally, and then yours moved up a year. So, uh, that would have been the class of 2022. Well, then yours in the summer of 2021 decided I'm graduating and I'm coming to Ohio state, you know, a year early in 2021. And by the time that yours made that decision to do that, Aller was already, you know, offered and committed uh, to Penn State for 2022, so in that summer. So, um, you know, he wasn't going to go back on that. And, uh, you know, Ohio State ultimately added uh, Devin Brown in 2022. So, uh, you know, again, all the dates and times and places, it's all kind of a blur to me. But Quinn Ewers definitely, you know, had a factor in that. I mean, and why would Drew Aller want to go to Ohio State when they had Quinn Ewers in the same class in 2022? So, you know, that's just the way it worked out. Originally, they were going to be in the same uh, graduating class, but then Ewers uh, moved up to 2021 and, uh, you know, came to Ohio State for the fall of 21 and then transferred in uh, early 22. But uh, obviously, Aller had already signed with Penn State at that point. So, yeah, it's just kind of the the timing of it just didn't work out. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things. It's ironic that the quarterback for Penn State is from 
Medina, Ohio, and the yeah. uh, quarterback and the star receiver for Ohio State uh, went to high school at Philadelphia, St. Joe's, you know, in Pennsylvania. So uh, it's kind of. And the last time that may have happened was Daryl Clark uh, was from up in the Youngstown oh, area, playing for Penn State, and uh, then Terrell Pryor was uh, yep. from Jeanette, Pennsylvania, playing for Ohio State. So. Um, interesting things. I mean, that's the way it is with this rivalry, though. Mm-hmm. You've got guys from both states, you know, playing on the other side. Why wouldn't you go? You know, one of these Power 5 teams wants to come after you. You're a high school kid. Who cares? As long as they're paying it and they're going to toe the line for it. I have, I have a question about the Quinn Ewers thing, though, Stephen. You bring up a lot of interesting points that we had forgotten that, Kenny, he forgot. He, he We both forgot about the fact that he decided not to play his senior yeah. year in high school. Did Quinn Ewers transferring away from Ohio State, I don't want to say hamper the search for the next great quarterback, did we expect it to be C.J. Stroud? Was it going to be Quinn Ewers? And if it wasn't, and we got lucky on C.J. Stroud, did it still set us back maybe a year or so? You know, that's hard to say. I mean, uh, I mean, would, would he have the job if he was at Ohio State? Possibly, probably, but, you know, it, it's, it's just hard, and he wasn't going to wait around one more year on C.J. Stroud. Yeah. That was what the situation was. He wanted to go and get paid and, you know, and all that. And, and Texas had a wide-open job for him, and so that's where he ended up. So, you know, um, again, uh, Ryan Day has no problem attracting quarterbacks. He's going to going yeah. to get his share, and, uh, you know, they're, they're, they've come out of it pretty good with the, the two primary guys they've got. Uh, they've got Air Noland coming from Georgia, then in 2024, and Tavian uh, St. Clair coming in from Bell Fountain, Ohio in 2025, and they'll probably sign another pretty good one in 2026. So, you know, it just the beat just keeps right on rolling at Ohio State at that position. You know, McCord, as of today, has he been Stroud? Has he been Fields? Has he been Haskins? No, he really hasn't. But he's been good enough for them to win, and, uh, you know, is he going to be good enough for them to, to win a, a top 10 game, you know, they've already beaten Notre Dame, obviously, and he let a big drive yep. to, to win that one. But, uh, you know, now, now he's got to do it again. You know, that's, that's the, the big thing. Steve, I'm looking at, at this game, you know, with all the players and the X's and O's and, and the, the wind and rain and the weather being a factor and all that. How big of a game is this for Ryan Day as a coach? He's beaten Penn State before, right? But, this is the big game this year, and having lost to Michigan two years in a row, you need this one uh, to put yourself in position maybe to uh, you know be in the Big Ten championship game this year. So how big of a game is this for Ryan Day? Yeah, I mean, it is. He's 51-6 and six at Ohio State. He's the second-fastest coach to 50 wins at Ohio State along with Urban Meyer. And so he's done pretty well, you know, in his five seasons at Ohio State. Uh, four previous years, he's had three playoff berths, two Big Ten championships. But uh, you're only as good as, you know, your your latest game. And that's just kind of the way that uh, it's unfortunate. That's the way people look at it. And, uh, you know, is there wiggle room if you lose this game? Not a whole lot. Not a right. whole heck of a lot. So I think yeah, you, you've got to uh, got to go into this one. And, uh, you know, if you can win this one, it's going to mean the world, no doubt about it. Steve, we always appreciate the time and the insight. Keep up the fantastic work there at Bucknuts.com and on Twitter at Steve Hellwagon. Enjoy the game. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Take care.
Steve Hellwagon checking in here on the hotline, previewing the big matchup between Ohio State and Penn State.